Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello there. Before we start, let me just uh, tell you about the sponsor for this episode, and this time it's italki. Uh, if you want to improve your spoken fluency by having lessons with a teacher over Skype, or you want to talk to, for example, a native speaker, or you want to find a language partner to practice with, then you can do all those things with italki. Um, and um, if you buy some lessons or speaking time, italki will send you a voucher worth 100 italki credits. To get that offer, just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk, or you can click an italki logo on my website and get started that way. All right then. So, without any further ado, here's the jingle. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Right, so we're going to talk about skateboarding. Can I do my introduction? Oh, I didn't know you were going to do an introduction. Yeah, so it's just like one, go it's and just, go no, for no, a walk or something. No, it's just one. It's literally one paragraph of about okay. two sentences. Okay, go so, for it. I'll try and stay awake. Okay, skateboarding. Skateboarding might seem like an annoying antisocial hobby for children, but for the first time, it's been accepted by the Olympic Federation as a proper sport, and is going to be one of the events at the next Olympic Games happening in Tokyo in 2020. So. Skateboarding apparently is now a mainstream sport, it seems. When the Olympics are shown on TV in a few years' time, uh, skateboarding might be one of the most popular events for audiences around the world, especially when you consider the popularity of snowboarding uh, in the Winter Games. So, let's find out about skating so that we are ready to understand and appreciate it a bit more when it does come on our TVs during the Olympics. And... So with me is James, my brother, and um, why am I asking you about this? Um, because I've been skateboarding for a long time. I mm -hmm. used to write for a skateboard magazine, um, and I'm the world's number one authority on skateboarding. Really, basically. you're the, the world's <laughs> leading commentator. I'm really not, but I'll happily talk about it. Are there sort of well-known commentators for skateboarding out there. I suppose Tony Hawk would be the number one. He does, like, the X Games and stuff like that. And who, he's, he's a good front man, I suppose. Who is Tony Hawk? He's a, he's a pro skateboarder, the most famous one. And he's, okay. he's very good. Yeah, okay. So he's kind of like the most, maybe the most famous skater out there, Tony Hawk. Yeah. All right, then. Um, so how long have you been into skating, then? Um, well, since when we lived in Ealing... Mm-hmm. Um, I first saw some skateboarding going on there when we were about, I would have been about 10 years old or even younger. Yeah. And a skate shop opened in our town, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Nearby. Can't remember what it was called. I don't remember. But either. they used to show skate videos in the window. Mm -hmm. I think one of the old Powell Peralta videos, possibly Animal Chin. That's, that's one of the films that they made. Yeah. And seeing it, you know, on video was a bit of an eye opener. I just loved all the... The graphics, the colours, the the sort of whole how how insane it was. I hadn't realised how 
much of a culture it was in itself, you mm -hmm. know, and it was very interesting. Yeah. And I was into BMXing and stuff, but I didn't really have very good BMX. I couldn't get a skateboard for a while. I don't think mum wanted to buy my, me one. I asked for a skateboard for like Christmases and stuff, and I don't think I ever got one. Because um, I think they were seen as very dangerous and antisocial, which is probably quite fair. <laughs> <laughs> Are they dangerous and antisocial? In in the right hands. In the right hands. So they should be. They should be antisocial. Um, is that anyway? I bought a skateboard off a kid at school for a pound, and it was an old seventies surf flyer, like a bit of plywood with some knackered wheels attached to it, mm. and it really was rubbish and kind of rotten. It had been in his garden for about ten years. It was basically a rotting piece of wood that I paid a pound with, for. with wheels. <laughs> um, well, that was enough to kind of get me started. And then from there on, I got a plastic board. And then when I could save up some money, I bought myself a secondhand proper board. Well, we used to, we used to skate so those plastic, slim plastic boards. But then um, the next step from that was those really cheap ones that were kind of wood but really thick like plywood. A, a skate zombie skate zombie or the tr the yeah the everyone has splats. one of those they don't last very long they collapse they very, very quickly would typically a lot be a lot bigger than a normal skateboard and thicker heavier and with loads of extra accessories <laughs> like a big plastic blob on the back plastic rails on the sides yeah. and a bit on the nose and all this plastic and stuff, and they're really heavy you couldn't do any tricks on them but lots of people had them and they'd break very very easily yeah, the board would snap. The trucks would just crumble. They were, they were funny. Yeah, okay. We had a couple of those, but then you finally saved up and got yourself a proper professional sort of... Yeah, it took me a while, though, because I had to buy it secondhand and buy all the bits, you know, because they were quite expensive in those days. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so I've always been into it, and I've always stuck with it, and uh, I am getting on a bit. I'm 41, which is very old for mm. riding a skateboard, but lots of people now skate into their 50s and beyond. Okay. Even some pros are still doing it. They can still do all the stuff they could do, and they're in their fifties. Yeah. So there's no reason why I shouldn't carry on. Is it is it the sort of thing that some people can start doing in adulthood? You know, like the way some people sort of go choose to do yoga or they choose to do boxing or something. I, I think it'd be very difficult. Why? Because when you're young, you the time the years that you're learning. And making mistakes and falling off and hurting yourself. Yeah. You're young enough to burn a bounce back. And your legs are very rubbery and limber. And you're just generally fit and able to come back from injury. And you're not so scared of, like, throwing... You know, you're a bit more reckless. And it just it's better to learn when you're young. If you start when you're old, you're going to break stuff. Mm -hmm. Because your body's not been tuned into it. I mean, it take, you have to break a lot of bones before you get good <laughs> really honestly injuries are sort of part and parcel of part and parcel of learning to some extent okay so this is not one of those healing kind of sports it's not like doing pilates where you kind of uh, improve I, your body i don't think it's as high it depends how you skate high impact i don't think it's as high impact as running or jogging mm. because you can just cruise around right. no you don't have to really go crazy you know you can just cruise around and that's quite relaxing and smooth but generally it's quite a risky sport yeah. and or then, activity. Have you injured yourself? Yeah, I've had quite a few injuries. Can yeah. you tell us some of the injuries you've had? Fractured ankles, broken ankles, broken wrists, broken arm. No, I've never broken my arm. You Dis have. Dislocated. You, you, you fractured your arm once. Okay, I fractured my arm. Uh, dislocated one of my arms. That was horrible. That was the worst. You, you told us all about it on the podcast once. Yeah, lots of lots of injuries, lots of sprains, torn ligaments. 
Sounds it's wonderful. horrible. Why do you do it? It's very fun. Very much, very, a lot of fun. It's great fun. What's What's the most fun thing about it? Just the feeling of riding around on a plank of wood. It, I mean, if you think about it, people spend thousands of pounds going skiing or snowboarding or surfing and stuff, windsurfing. It's as much fun, or not, if not more fun, than all of those things. I've tried all those things. Skateboarding's still more fun to me. Why? What's the difference? Just a better feeling. I mean, s- snowboarding's hard to beat. That is pretty damn amazing. Because mm-hmm. you're up a beautiful mountain, and you know it's it's great fun. Snowboarding's great. Can you skate anywhere? Anywhere there's a smooth ground, yeah. But like a flat car park, yeah, absolutely. Really? What would you do on a flat car park? Practice flat ground tricks. Just learn to roll around. You can put little obstacles in your way. There's lots. There's endless amounts of flat ground tricks you can learn. What, like what kind of things? Like. Flip tricks, kick flips, shove its, and you know, little. Th- if you look up someone like Rodney Mullen skating a car park, you'll see what kind of stuff he. So can it's do. not just about rolling around. It or, can be, and it's not. It's so open. There's so many. You know, you can skate wherever you want to. Really, there's lots of different types of skating. Really, isn't there? Yeah, pretty much endless. It's always still evolving as well. I'd say there's like the sort of cruising around the 70s style kind of cruising yeah. around on a longer board. Which is kind of well, it doesn't matter what size the board is, but the essence of it is just cruising around, turning, carving you know just flowing around mm-hmm. that's still a great fun thing even if you can't really skate anything else yeah but then from there you can get into street skating which is like skating steps and blocks and stuff you find in the street mm-hmm. and obstacles and whatever benches benches anything yeah and walls and then there's like ramp skating where they have giant vertical ramps and their park skating's kind of uh, relatively New, I suppose, because they're starting to build bigger and bigger skate parks with bigger bowls and Mm -hmm. lines that flow throughout the whole park. So you can skate an entire skate park in one run, if that makes sense, in one line. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do like these these routines where you move around between different parts of the park. They're known as lines. Lines. You you find a line Mm -hmm. that will work for you. And it's like a sort of line of approach that takes you across something or through some certain bits of the skate park. Okay, and you do different tricks on different objects as you move through that line. I suppose. You don't have to do tricks, but yeah, different moves. Or Okay, all right. So if we look at the Olympics then, which is happening in <clears throat> 2012, uh, 2020, yeah. uh, and skateboarding is one of the featured events, isn't it? It is, for the first time, yeah. And so do you think this is a good thing, that skating has been accepted into the Olympics? It's a funny one. It's, it's going to be good and bad. Why? Because... Um, I mean, good because I think it would be a bit ridiculous for it not to be included when snowboarding's already in. I think surfing's an Olympic sport. Does I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. not. I'm maybe. not sure. But there's some really obscure other sports that no one actually does in real life that are already in the Olympics mm. that are far, far fewer, far less. Far fewer. Far people. fewer people actually do. Yeah. Like there's some quite obscure wrestling, which fair enough, that goes back to the history of the Olympics. But things like downhill luge, have you seen that? Uh, luge. Yeah. You go down this track on a kind of, kind of like an elongated skateboard, I suppose. Yeah. And who the hell does luge in the world? Right. There's probably only about five places you can do it in the whole world. Right. To get Olympic teams, they have to actually find people up-and-coming athletes yeah. and say, look, we're putting together a luge team. Do you want to try out? And they literally pick people out of colleges and stuff. Really? And train them up to do luge. Specifically? Because, Cause... because no one does it. Yeah. 
it's, and it's only because it's an Olympic sport that it exists in the first place, it's really. Bizarre, that isn't it? I mean, I'm not having a pop at the luge guys here. <laughs> I'm, sure they, I'm sure they work very hard. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very interesting to watch, especially when they crash. It's horrible, but. Um, <laughs> That's what we want to see, yeah, though, isn't it, really? It. But, I mean, that's just one example. There's lots of other very obscure sports that aren't really practised very much in real life. Mm-hmm. And if they're in, it seems a bit silly that a sport or an activity, whether it's a sport or not, such as skateboarding, which is so popular, mm. it would seem silly that it's not included. Do you feel like this is um, uh, an acceptance of skateboarding as a, as a genuine sport now? I think it's more to do with the TV figures. Because I saw an interview with one of the guys who runs the Olympic Committee... And he was saying, oh, yeah, we've had a great uptake in the sort of teenage to 20-something market on TV with snowboarding. Mm -hmm. And they want it to be popular. They want to get TV audiences in. They want to be self-validated. So I think they need skateboarding more than skateboarding needs the Olympics. Right, yeah. I mean, to them, it would. I think once people see it, it will be really popular. It will be a standout event of the next Olympics when people actually start to see what's being done these days. But getting back to the negatives, the negatives are skateboarding has kind of managed to survive on its own without, well, with some exceptions, without too much big corporate endorsement. Most of the companies and people involved are not part of the wider sports scene, although the shoe companies are kind of making inroads like Nike and Adidas. And Vans has become a mainstream brand. It has, but it's kind of started from skateboarding upwards, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It hasn't come down. They're not kind of grabbing it and saying, let's sell this. Right. And there's all the big media companies are going to get involved, and mobile phone companies and energy drink companies, which have nothing to do with skateboarding, yeah. are going to start leeching off it and trying to turn it into something that it isn't. Mm-hmm. And that's what people aren't so happy about, because they, they see skateboarding as something a bit different to the normal sports scene. It's not t- taught in schools. There's never going to be a... A trainer. There's never in the history of skateboarding, I don't think, apart from a couple of friends, there's not like a skate coach. Yeah. Maybe that's starting to happen a little bit now, but it's always just been a self-initiated thing. Yeah. The rules, there aren't really any rules. The idea that you can judge it is it goes against how some people believe it should be seen. Right. I mean, it can be a sport, but it, in its essence, I don't think it necessarily is. It's like saying, you know, running, yeah. just the acts of running. Is that a sport? Well, yes, it is. But it can be, but it can be, but in itself, it doesn't need to be a sport to to exist in its own right. You mean, mean, say, if you want to run up a hill, you know, and look out across the valley, that's not a sport, is it? That's just enjoying your environment. Well, what is a sport? Well, I see a sport as something that's competitive that's judged competitively. Something with. So a lot of people would see skateboarding as at its best is when it's not judged and everyone's skating under their own. you mean um, standards? Sport is a thing with sort of external success criteria. Yeah, rules, um, criteria that it's judged on. Yeah. Somebody is better than somebody else. Winners and losers. Yeah. Where a skateboard is, I think, quite often would like to see themselves more as it's more of a creative outlet than it is a definite black and white. You win, you don't win. You so know what I mean? Is it something like yoga then? It can be. Which I mean, I about- know a guy who's in his 50s. He skates nearly every day, he can. He's must be 55, and he's really limber, really fit. He He's still progressing on a skateboard. He can he can do things that I can't do and some of the younger kids can't do. Yeah. And it, it works for him. I mean, you well, know, any form of exercise should be encouraged, really, when people are getting more and more lazy. Yeah. And kids are doing less and less exercise. 
So that's going back to positives. The positives might be there might be more money put into it as far as skate parks, building facilities. As at the moment, certainly where I live in Lambeth, there seems to be no money put towards skateboarding whatsoever. Zero. Mm-hmm. And when you think they should be encouraging young people to get active and get off their ass and get off the sofa, they don't seem to be doing that. So maybe a bit of validation would help get a bit of skate park funding and it would make it a bit more legitimate and because at the moment it's slightly uh, um, associated with anti-social stuff isn't it it is for a lot of people mainly just because the noise when it goes down the pavement and also that's the main thing there's that question of damage to public property and also it's all also its origins is kind of a west coast kind of surf punky kind of it's like slightly punk culture it's isn't a it? kind of a punky culture and a lot of people like for instance a big sort of long-standing part of the scene is Thrasher magazine. Thrasher. Which everyone recognises the logo. Yeah. Um, it's not as good a magazine as it used to be, but it's it's never quit. You know, it's kept on going. And that's the kind of thing it doesn't... Skateboarding doesn't really need any outside help. Yeah. It's fine on its own. You know, way- and people prefer it to be dictated by people who actually skate mm. rather than some guy in a business meeting going, well, let's hit this demographic... Right. So the point is that the the whole appeal of skateboarding is that it's this alternative thing, which isn't necessarily even a competitive it's, sport. And it's always defined itself as being not of the mainstream yeah. sporting stuff. But and now what's going to happen is that the it's going to be legitimized and turned into a mainstream thing. Yeah. And but another, I, I ex- another weird thing about yeah. it, skateboard competition is normally defined by teams, mm-hmm. companies rather than countries. So oh, yeah. the teams are like little company teams. It's not like football where you have... Well, football is like companies. I suppose it is. It's more like... But it's without that even attempting to have a home ground. So it's not... Re- there's nothing regional about it. Well, there can be. They Quite often they're based in a certain city. Yeah. But more and more these days, the teams are international. So I you've see, got yeah. a, like the Enjoy team. We can yeah. link that later. There's a guy from Essex called... Ben Ramers, there's a couple of guys from California, there's like a Dutch guy, mm-hmm. you know, so yes. they have quite diverse teams. And it's not normally like UK versus USA. It's normally so-and-so company, Tony Hawk's company versus someone else, someone else's company. But it's not even competition, it would just be done as a video. Right. And you want to bring out the best video. So there's that kind of commercial there's aspect com- com- to it. Yeah, definitely. And as I was talking about Thrasher, Thrasher was actually set up by guys that own skateboard companies. Right. as a means to selling their image and their skateboard products. Right. Like independent trucks, mm. for instance, has always been connected to Thrasher financially as well as in style. So in a way, you've already got these people in place that are saying, well, we, we've already done this. We've commercialized it in the way we want to. We don't want someone jumping on the bandwagon. Right, right. Do you think it will hurt skateboarding? It'll just change it. It won't hurt it. I mean, skateboarding can take it. Um, but I think it, you'll see a lot more soccer mom type behaviour, like little kids being trained up to be little prodigies, like soccer coaching. Right. But I think you'll see a lot more of that kind of thing, kids being trained up from the age of six yeah. to be the next Olympic champ with a slightly crazy dad behind him, you know, mm. which is already kind of happening. Okay. And that kind of dirties the water a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's not a pure fun thing when you've got money men and people scheming behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um so I was going to say what 
what kind of skating are we likely to see at the Olympics then? We talked about the different types just earlier, the flats, flat ground. We should probably uh, all the things. check to see if they've put it out, but I don't think they have. I think it'll be vertical ramp skating. Yeah. Which will be a massive half pipe. Yeah. That will be definitely be part of it. There may be a park discipline, which is something they have in the X Games. Uh-huh. Which is like a giant skate park mm-hmm. made up of bowls. Mm-hmm. Probably made of concrete, like pools and bowls. That will be amazing to watch. That will blow people's minds when they see that kind of stuff. And there'll be a street style, which is like the snowboarding they had this year. Or last time, where you've got basically a setup of street ramps and obstacles kind of vaguely replicating a street, but yeah. only vaguely. With little blocks and curbs and rails. Blocks and ramps and rails and steps and, okay. shit and stuff like that. Okay, all right then. Um, now, I want to talk more about the, the specific sort of technical stuff in skateboarding in a minute, but... Um, they might even have slalom. Slalom, really? It's what, like going in and out of, of, of <laughs> gates? Who knows? I suppose it's possible. That sound, that seems That's very seventies throwback. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you never know. You never know. All right then. Um, I'd like to go. I'd like to go back and talk about how where skating came from and the different sort of um, versions of skating that we've had over the years. Where where did skating begin? Um, basically, in we think. Well, no one really knows exactly, but in the kind of forties, yeah. You, people used to make their own kind of scooters out of fruit crates kids in america so you'd get roller skate wheels you'd take them off your roller skate attach them to a plank of wood and then like in back to the future exactly i was about to say yeah just like that you'd you'd put a box on top of that and those would be kind of your handlebars Mm. and it would be like a little scooter made of crates and wood right and so they were they kind of predated the skateboard but at some point, someone would have taken off that front bit and just gone down a hill on a plank of wood on roller skate wheels. And yeah. that was the first skateboard, but we don't know who it was. Isn't there also this idea that it was surfers who, yeah. went during the off-season, they would... Yeah, that's, that's always been the official line. But I think the Fruit Crate kids probably predated even that. Right. But anyway, okay. yeah, it was mainly started by surfers who, when the surf was out or out of season... They'd start shaping, they'd start messing around on skateboards, making their own, and then they'd start shaping them to look more like surfboards, mini little surfboards. Right. And then they started going up and finding a bank and saying, can you go up, do a 360 and then come down? Yeah. yeah. You know, and then from there they started realising skateboarding was kind of as much fun as surfing. Yes. But funnily enough, it, it didn't really take off until the urethane wheel came out. The urethane wheel? Yeah, polyurethane wheel. Before that they had clay wheels. Oh, really? Or even metal wheels. So they're too fast. You know the really, really old roller skates? Yeah. They actually had metal wheels. Yeah, yeah. Remember we had some? I remember, yeah. Our grandma had some. Yeah, we found them in the garage once. Yeah. I remember when we were kids. You know when we were kids, we used to sort of search around every now and then. You'd search around the house, like these little corners and drawers, and discover things <laughs> that your parents had that you didn't realise they had. I think we were at our grandparents, and we were sort of searching around in the garage, sort of poking through all their stuff in the garage, trying to find toys and things to play with. And we came across these old 
uh, roller skates, which are basically these things that attach to your shoes. Yeah, and they have adjustable straps on the bottom. And you yeah, just yeah. strap them to your feet, basically. You strap these metal things to your feet, and they've got metal wheels, and we then just skated around. They were brilliant, weren't they? Yeah, but the wheels are pretty naff when they're made of metal. And they're very slippery. Yeah. So it was sliding around all over the place. Really dangerous. So you can imagine skateboarding on metal or clay wheels wasn't much cop. Yeah. Clay wheels would just break, crumble. Right. I mean, what clay? What were they thinking? Yeah. But um, when the polyurethane wheel came out, which is made out of like petroleum, it's yes. like synthetic rubber, basically, mm-hmm. then it really took off in the 70s because you could go along smoothly, you could turn. They'd actually develop the trucks a bit better. Trucks? The bits that hold the wheels on and turn. Okay. All right, then. And so in the 70s, it took off and it got really big. And I think it was the first big craze of skating. And there was lots of skate parks built all over the place in the UK and America. Yeah. Um, huge craze. And then it kind of seemed to overnight just went out of fashion. And this is this is in the, the 70s, right? Mid-70s. Mid and it was like long-haired young guys uh, cruising around curving yeah uh, sort of carving as you said not really kind of do- like a, a solid surf i mean there was even a skate park actually called solid surf but if you imagine like loads of waves and curves and they they were kind of making it up as they went along but they're generally quite big and quite scary they didn't stuff. do much jumping there were some events where they would jump off the skateboard well, this guy invented the ollie in like 1975 i think yeah ollie alan ollie gelfand what is the ollie it's an air aerial without touching the board so before what? that they'd they'd go up to the lip grab the board and do a little air like, like jump into the air while holding, while holding the, board. the board and maybe yanking it a bit to, to move up this guy ollie worked out how to approach the lip just touch the tail and he'd slightly lift off and he'd lit with no handed aerial so he's not holding the board he just used yeah. his feet to jump the board and it was on the transition it was on a ramp okay or a concrete slope okay so, but then it kind of died overnight. I think around about the same time punk got cool, skateboarding kind of died. Okay. And all the big skate parks suddenly stopped making money. It was declared like dead. Like the, you know, like every now and then there's a trend like a yo-yo or, you know, the Rubik's Cube. Yes. It was one of them. Just a trend. A trend. And it suddenly died off overnight. And I think there were a few insurance claims as well that might have closed some of the big parks. Okay. Little kids breaking their arms and then suing. Right. Um, so I think a lot of the litigation might have harmed it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of went underground. Okay, really? How? What, what happened? Well, it was there was obviously a, still a few guys left that were still doing it because they still loved it. Yeah, and there was probably a very small industry that didn't want to die. And it was around about that time that Thrasher started up the magazine. Yeah, I think around about nineteen eighty, might have Thrasher might have started, although I might be wrong. But it was kind of, there was a, these guys in America skating pools, empty swimming pools. Wow. And the boards have started getting a bit bigger mm-hmm. and a bit more manageable. Yeah. So you could start to do more moves on them. And um, so it was still developing, but very underground, I suppose the words, or very not very well known. Okay. And uh, then by 85, it was quite getting big again. Yeah. And it was, there was different types of skating turning up. People were street skating, weren't they, by this time? By 85, people were starting to take the ollie and do it on street. So you could do it on a pavement or over a bench. Or This guy called Natus Kalpas was probably one of the most famous exponents of the ollie. Exactly, the street ollie. He was able to jump over large objects. 
like uh, yeah he's Nass is amazing we should we'll link these up in a bit we'll, we'll I'll, put some videos we'll on put some on videos the, on, on page and Mark episode. Gonzalez was also kind of one of the early guys that could skate everything and could skate street as well so at this point we had still people doing these incredible aerial tricks yeah. on the on the vertical and he was ramps. really developing a lot but by 1985 Tony Hawk was like 14 or something uh-huh. and he was doing ridiculous things on ramps really really crazy where the board spins like three times and he catches it puts it back under his feet lands yeah. you know go into a hand plant stall it for two seconds come you know really bionic stuff that you wouldn't have thought was possible so by this by this time ramp skaters vertical ramp skaters were flying really high in the air spinning round upside down with the board spinning under their feet catching the board in the air doing incredible acrobatic maneuvers in the in the sky essentially (laughs) about it's it's true but then also people were street skating that yeah. means they were they were using the ollie and combining it with other things. Also, I think known as free, freestyle, which was a tiny little rectangular skateboard, very square. Yeah, and you'd do very complicated flat ground stuff, like spinning the board, catching it, standing in a weird way, like on the truck. Yeah, balancing, tic tacking around, quite geeky, quite dorky. Yeah, but Rodney Mullen was the the top guy at that, and he's he was doing stuff that no one really understood. Yeah at the time because he was so far ahead of his time and the stuff he's doing now people are now kind of doing on street or a few years later they started doing on street so these are the incredibly sort of complicated kick flips and shove it's and very very complicated stuff spinning the board round underneath your feet as it's jumping in the air but it may look random but they know exactly what they're doing it's all about foot placement foot control and timing and just practice it's unbelievably difficult and and impressive You've, have you ever landed a kickflip i've landed a few kickflips yeah, yeah. Luke, luke used to skate a bit i used to skate a little bit i used to be able to do kickflips shove it uh i used to do grinds uh board slides we created a little ramp in our garage do you remember that a little kind of little ramp and we would skate up it and do grinds on the top and do rock and roll rock yeah. to fakie uh 50 50 is that right yeah uh, and also blunts. Yeah, blunts were a big thing for the for the time. That's where you go up and the tail of the board uh, hits the top and then you kind of come back down backwards. Yeah, you're basically balancing on the back wheels for a second. That's right. Do you remember the time when you skateboarded through the window? <laughs> yeah. You crashed through the window and nearly killed yourself. <coughs> what, yeah. what happened? I didn't nearly kill myself, but I did cut up my arm. And yeah. I think we had to go to hospital, didn't we? we... Uh, yeah, we took you to a hospital. So we didn't set need up... any stitches, though, did it? We set—I up... don't know—we set up this uh, ramp uh, in the garage that we were skating near a at. window, and it was right in front of a window. That was clever. And so at one point, you skated up to it, you fell off forwards, and you cl- went crashing through the window, and you left sort of half in and half out of the window with broken glass all around you, and you cut up your arm. Not too badly. Not just too, my elbow. A little not bit. too badly, but you could have. Uh, you know, yeah, horrible, pretty, pretty nasty. Horrible. Um, okay, so we were talking about street skating and the way in which skaters use objects and they flip the board and it's like incredibly complicated and all that sort of thing. Um, so I guess we've talked about the different types of skateboarding: ramp, street, and and freestyle. Is that it? Yeah, it's also park, park as well. Is this kind of a thing in itself? Which is a bit like street skating mixed in with ramp skating kind of thing, like skating these pre-designed skate park things. They're like a big. Net, well, we'll 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 put a link at the yeah, bottom. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll show some YouTube. good exa- good examples. Of That's the kind of stuff we're going to see at the Olympics, isn't it? Probably, I of. think so. And that and the big ramps and yeah, okay. And also, there's quite a lot of girls skating now. 
it's really, kind yeah. of picked up quite a bit. And I think that will be really popular because the girls skaters are quite cool and um, they're very different. Like there's this one Brazilian girl who's very sort of sporty and kind of quite feminine. And then there's this one kind of quite masculine skater girl, that I can't remember her name, who's like got her own style, very different styles. Yeah. And I think when people see girls skating, they'll be popular on telly. I don't know. I just think it will be. Because they're kind of cool. They, they it's bring, kind of cool. Yeah, it's they, different. They bring something else to it. It's not yeah. just this macho, I can ollie higher than you. <laughs> but I just think it will be popular. Yeah, okay. I think it will capture the public imagination. I'm going to ask you some questions now, which you are going to think are boring, but which aren't boring, okay? So I'd like you to tell me about the constituent parts of a skateboard. I want to know uh, what it's made from and what the different parts of it are, okay. please. Well, the deck is made from seven-ply Canadian maple, All right. um, plywood, is essentially. It always, is it always Canadian? Um, sometimes Chinese, but the good stuff is Canadian maple. Okay, seven um, plies. Seven plies of maple plywood, so, you know, seven layers, like layers of wood. Okay. Which is then steam-pressed on a press. Okay. And then shaped, cut round to the right shape. Yeah. Probably in a factory these days. Okay. Um, then probably, like varnished or laminated or something mm -hmm. and then the graphics apply to the bottom and that graphics are kind of one of the big things about skateboards they are that's one of the cool things about them but they have pictures on the bottom They're of very, the board it's very visual and there's a lot of skaters that are also artists and there's a lot of crossover between the kind of graphic art world and maybe more the kind of punky side of things for me it's a bit like the the way that uh, in music they have album covers which yeah. is a bit of art that accompanies the the music similarly with skateboarding you've got a bit of art there yeah. on your it's again it's why it's more than just a sport i mean in football they don't have like i mean i suppose they have the kits are kind of designed yeah, but, but the it's, kits it's so unindividual yeah. it's so it's corporate and you know i, I you know, all the same. It's a team sport, though, it's isn't a team it? Football, sport, where skateboarding is completely different, and you know, the, more, graf the graphics are part of it. I feel like it's more about self-expression rather than about competition. Um, maybe it's a bit like climbing. You know, yeah. rock rock climbing. I think maybe when you're out in the actual world, rock climbing. Yeah, and you're appreciating the environment. You're, you what's the word? Uh, your surroundings. You're interacting with your environment. Mm. Yeah, in a creative way. Yeah, that's interesting. That skateboarding is partly about interacting with an urban environment. Yeah, well, it doesn't way. have to be urban. I mean, you can yeah. skate in, in, you know, down a bloody country lane if you have to. We used to when we were. We kids. used to. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the deck, uh, which you've just described. That's covered in what grip tape? Grip tape, which is actually first used for boats. Um, you know, when you on the edge of a boat and there's that grippy kind of sandpaper kind of stuff. Yeah. It's that stuff, basically. Okay. It's added to the top of the board. So that your your soft training shoes stick to the board more easily. Okay. And everywhere... It kind of wrecks your shoes, but... It does. It destroys it. your shoes, skateboarding. <laughs> Completely. I always think, why don't they put the grip on the bottom of the shoes? Have rubber on the skateboard. <laughs> yeah, that would seem to make more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's right. They should just put rubber on the top of the board. What are they doing? It's tradition. It's traditional. And you get a nice grip when you do your flips and ollies. Mm -hmm. It's it's good to have a good friction, good bit of friction under your feet. And uh, then uh -huh. it doesn't get slippery or... It's more control, basically. It's okay. more grip and control. Okay, so we've got the deck, the grip tape on the top. Turn the thing over. 
Uh, you've got what's attached got to the two, board? Two trucks, which two are die, die cast aluminium metal over <laughs> over a solid steel axle. So basically, there's like a sort of a, what's the word for it? A, a set, an axle uh, through the middle. But how are they made? It's just molten metal poured yeah. into a shape. It's cast met, cast aluminium, yeah, into a mold. Into a mold. That's right. And then, um, okay, and they're just they can be tight or loose. Yeah, they've got a kingpin which enables them to to wobble essentially around a central point and they have rubbers in there don't they yeah to kind of allow it to have a bit of friction or bushings if you're american bushings or rubber or whatever and then the so they can they can move that's how the skateboard turns isn't it yes by doing that okay and then on, that's it the trucks just go straight onto the wood you can have little riser pads if you want but no one really uses them anymore okay and then attached to the trucks of course we've got the wheels which you described as being urethane, this kind of synthetic rubber type stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and that comes in a variety of hardnesses and kind of rebounds. So soft wheels are smooth to ride on. Yeah. And they're quite grippy, so they won't slide. Yeah. But they lose um, kind of bite or edge. Like when you pop the tail, yeah. the board feels quite soggy. Yes. Whereas harder wheels have a tighter kind of snap. Yeah. So the board's more rigid overall. Mm-hmm. And you get a tighter contact with the ground, so okay. you can ollie bigger. Okay. And it feels a bit more controlled when they're harder. But they slide a lot more easily, They don't slide, they? but sometimes you want a bit of slide. Yeah. Sometimes when you're sliding out, you don't want the board to grip. You want it to slide to give you a bit of leeway. Okay. If it grips, it might throw you off. Okay. Depends. Depends. So what do you prefer? I prefer a hard wheel, but um, I do like soft wheels as well so Mm -hmm. i've got like four skateboards and two of them have got soft wheels and two of them have got hard wheels i imagine those big boards for like long boards for for transports they've got soft wheels yeah and those long boards i mean they're generally not really very accepted within skateboarding yeah because they're normally owned by like complete dorks that don't really know what they're doing and they for some reason they think they want this giant skateboard which is like four feet long and I just don't see what the point is. Unless you're going down big hills, like proper big hills, with a helmet on and, you, and a bodysuit, and you're bombing these serious, serious hills, don't get a longboard. <laughs> it's a public service announcement. Choose life. Choose life. Don't get a longboard. Um, they are so irritating. And you can't even ollie them. They don't even have a tail. And the whole point of getting a board for, for going around town, people say, yeah, but I just want it for cruising around on. So just get a like a bigger get a retro. No, get a like a, an eighties skateboard with a tail and soft wheels, and that way you can cruise around. But yeah. if you want to ollie up a curb, you can. You can. Okay. And you don't have to pick this lumbering great thing up. Yeah. Just just say no to longboards, kids. <laughs> uh, how do skaters feel about other people on wheels, like BMXers, rollerbladers, uh, and those people who who go around on those little scooters? Aluminium scooter things. First off, I am aware that a lot of people see skateboarding as completely ridiculous, especially anyone over the age of like 18 on a skateboard is seen as a complete joke. Uh And you sometimes do get people laughing at you. Do you? Not really, but I've had a few comments over the years. Like what? Or I've heard a little girl go, Mummy, why has that man got a skateboard? (laughs) That's a good question. That's a good one. That's what this episode should be called. Okay, call it. Mummy, why has that man got a skateboard? (laughs) Um, Yeah, even at school, when you were a kid, you used to to get uh, comments like... uh, from from girls at school, right? And boys. Like even when you were fifteen years old, they'd be like, Oh, why have you got a skateboard? That went out years ago. That was that went out last year. That's the usual one. Like it's a trend. Like if you're seen with it after it's gone out of fashion, 
you're a complete twat. Right. The only reason you'd have it is to, <laughs> is be, to fashionable. be fashionable. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going, oh, that went skateboarding. So that's that another out. thing about the Olympics thing, going back to that. It'll be really popular again. Mm-hmm. And lots of people will start and then it will be unpopular again. And then they'll think and you're we've, stupid. And we've seen it all before, us that have been doing it for a long time. You see these peaks and troughs and you just know the ones that are going to stick with it. Right. And some aren't. Okay. And it's kind of annoying sometimes. So how do you feel about rollerbladers? Um, how do skaters I don't have anything it? against them, but I find them very annoying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what? it. Why? Well, they kind of, they're snakes. That's when you, you're skating. And what do you it's mean? kind of, it means they drop in too quickly and take too many turns and hat hog the ramp and generally get in the way. And they're generally a very annoying breed of kind of baggy trousered teenager, which I know you'd say the same about skateboarding, yeah. but they're even more annoying than skateboarders. Okay. And don't you, aren't you impressed by the things they do? No. Why not? Because it's attached to your feet. And they, they do foot grabs. They ollie down or jump down big steps grabbing their foot. Why are you grabbing your foot? <laughs> no, some of it's impressive. I prefer it when they really hurt themselves. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Yeah, only in videos. Really? Okay. Um, but going back to the other wheeled things, there's a kind of um, uneasy truce, I'd say, between BMXs and skateboarders. An uneasy truce? Yeah, because they're both kind of quite different enough, but similar enough to be... Accepted by each more other. More or less. But there can be a bit of beef at skate parks because BMXs take different lines to skaters. You know, we are talking about lines before yeah. through a park. Yeah. Because of the nature of the bike they tend to take different lines and sometimes those lines cross over with skate lines. So you kind of get a bit of irritable friction syndrome. Sometimes, sometimes. And also the bikes tend to go big and they're flipping scary. Dangerous. They're dangerous because they've got a lot of metal and some of these guys ride without brakes. Yeah. Which seems insane to me, but they prefer to ride without brakes. How the hell do they do that? They just do. How are they they stopping? They just put their feet on the ground and slide. Oh my god! I know it's really scary when you got a guy kind of coming close to you, and you realise he actually hasn't got any brakes, and he's just sliding his foot along the ground or just turning. Yeah, they just turn out the way of you. Oh my god! Or slide or whatever. It's so I've I've had some close calls with BMXs before, and I've had my leg gouged by a peg. Really? You know they have these pegs that they do tricks on and they, stuff. They stand on the pegs. On yeah, the, on the back. So of they're the dangerous as well. So, but we you know. What about skateboards? You've got, res- you've got to respect BMX because it's it's. It's mental. And it's, yeah, it's really impressive. It's gnarly. It's gnarly. What's gnarly? G-N-A-R-L-Y. I think it must be a kind of Californian surf word, but it just means extremely... Tough and impressive. Yeah, I I suppose, yeah. Sort of, uh, like, risky physically, physically risky, and big jump where they're really out, sort of... uh, Something kind of a bit... By the skin of your teeth, I suppose. Dangerous, I but looks cool. I suppose. All right, That's then. the best I could come up with. Um, all right. Uh, I want you to tell me about the basic tricks. So you've described the ollie. That's where you jump you into... Were, we were still talking about other wheeled vehicles, were we? we? Oh, we haven't finished with that. No, there's segways. Segways. Okay, this is great. They should, they should be exterminated. Yeah? Why? Just, I'm just a hardliner. I just think they shouldn't be. They shouldn't exist I, unless you're actually disabled or something. You should just flipping walk. But the Segway wasn't designed for disabled people, was it? Well, it wouldn't work anyway. You'd yeah. have to stand up because you need the. I segway. mean, the Segway is completely useless for anything because it's not for long distances, right? It's not for going up down hills. It's just for going along very easy terrain. A skateboard. Don't buy a Segway ever. 
It's like they had a meeting. They were like, so we need a problem to this solution of being able to move forwards <laughs> using within your, a very restricted area, using your legs at walking speed. What you know, and then uh, what about legs? No, we need to create the segue and hoverboards as well. Those things that are called hoverboards, they yeah. should just all be rammed up and shot. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's wrong with them? They're the same same issue as segways. They're actually practically useless expensive tech that you can't recycle you can't you're not exercising it's just these, it's just a horrible thing that shouldn't never have been invented these hoverboards they're not actually hoverboards are they these... well, they don't hover they're two wheels they're dangerous they're full of cadmium nickel battery cells yeah they're useless for any practical like you couldn't ride to work on one could you some people do a lot of people have got yeah them. but how long for till it breaks or you get run over i don't know i see people going to them uh going to work on them in paris well you should push them over push them into the road <laughs> i you're, you're sort of sounding frighteningly <laughs> serious there uh, i saw a guy fall off a, uh, a, yes. ho- a hoverboard did i tell you about that was it good so i was just i'd been to the supermarket and i was walking back and i had my bags of shopping and stuff and these two guys came past me on their hoverboards and one of them the hoverboard clipped the wall on the left side yes uh, immediately spins out of control oh yeah right? absolutely spun out of control he landed flat on his face yes bam on the on the pavement he had like a uh, a bottle of water in his hand that he'd been drinking from, and the bottle of water slammed on the ground and went everywhere. The the um, the hoverboard flipped over and rolled into the road, into the road yeah. underneath a car. Yeah, and honestly, every single person <laughs> was there. Everyone stopped and started laughing openly. <laughs> People were openly laughing at this guy in the street. Oh, he was brilliant. like flat on his face. <laughs> on a urine-soaked Parisian <laughs> pavement. Okay, the uh, the battery ran out on my recorder there for a moment. Um, but I was just finishing off that story about seeing a, uh, a hoverboard uh, guy f- make a fool of himself falling on the floor in, in public. Um, and you said to me after that um, whether I... What was the question you... Well, you I, I actually pointed out that I've fallen over in front of people before. Right. I, I gobbed it in front of a full... Bar- uh, I gobbed it in front of a full beer garden full of drinkers. Oh, yeah. Uh, in Ealing, I think. And uh, it's quite embarrassing. But you just kind of get used to people thinking you're stupid because you're on a skateboard. And you don't care after a while because it's more fun than... Not being than on a skateboard. Not <laughs> right, okay. Um, and you you seem to remember at school, people used to give you a hard time for skating as well, didn't they? If it was out of fashion. That's it. You know, um, they say, what you skateboards went out years ago or skateboards went out last year right like the only reason you'd be doing it is to be trendy right yeah that it goes in and out of fashion and and when it's been in fashion and then it goes out of fashion again everyone looks at you like an idiot because they're like don't you realize it's not cool anymore yeah that's what it used to be like when we were at school yeah it was cool for like two years and then it wasn't cool anymore and everyone thought you were an idiot because you were still skating right and you're thinking that if uh, skateboarding comes back with the Olympics, then that will happen again. That it's a kind of a boom and bust type thing, like you get with economies. Yeah. It's kind of, you get a boom, and then inevitably after that, there'll be a bit where it's it's seen as last year's thing. Yeah. And that's annoying, you know, where skateboarding's always been up and down like that. Right, okay. Okay. You also said to me, if you asked me if I thought my listeners would understand... That's right, I've feel we've been talking very quickly and do you think your listeners will understand what we're saying i think that um first of all i know that my listeners generally um like it when we speak naturally 
Okay, so yeah, so the fact that we're talking fairly quickly will be a good thing, and that uh, many of my audience uh, members are able to keep up with these sorts of conversations, and the they've sort of realised that even if there are bits they don't understand, that it's important to keep listening, and that in doing that regularly, they sort of understand more and more as part of the natural process that you go through. Okay. So that's fine. Um, but we've been. I, I mean, I, I wonder if if um, just the specific subject is going to be engaging enough. Mm. Um, but you know, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, but uh, in terms of certain bits of language, they, there's probably certain specific things that they haven't understood. Like you said, for example, that you gobbed it in front of a beer garden. Oh, that's gobbed it is a Birmingham slang, just meant meaning falling over. Okay, I don't quite know why, but it just sounds good, doesn't it? It does. I gobbed it. I gobbed it in front of a beer garden. I think we know what a beer garden is. A garden where people stand around drinking beer. Um, and um, so I, I, I just, just to finish, I wanted to ask you about specific tricks. And that all I want you to tell me is how do you do certain specific tricks? So we talked after the batteries ran out, we basically said, well, you said that um, the first thing you do when you get a skateboard is you, you learn how to push, which yeah. is basically you put your foot on the board and use the other foot to push off from the ground. Yeah. Most people put their front foot forwards, sort of in the middle of the board. You should always the- put your front foot forward. It doesn't matter which foot it is, but you should always push with your back foot. Okay. Um, and whichever way you stand on a skateboard naturally is your stance some people kind of put their left foot forward others put their right foot forward and whatever but always push with the back foot and pushing is actually a pretty difficult thing to learn how to do when you've got one foot on the board and one foot on the ground and you're sort of pushing around the first thing you should learn to do is push around get back on the board learn to to control the board and you so you're not falling off all the time and turn the board you know by sort of lifting off the front wheels and turning it slightly and cart turn on the trucks and mm-hmm. loosen your trucks have nice loose trucks yeah okay <clears throat> and that's all you should do for the for ages and then probably and then you... learn to go down a hill yeah learn how to stop learn how to stop by taking off your back foot and dragging it on the floor okay and also then after you've sort of got pretty confident turning around and pushing around and stuff you probably will start to learn a few tricks like uh what do you think the ollie is the, the ollie first is one? a good one because that way if you're skating around town and you need to ollie up a curb you don't need to pick up your board you can just pop the board and you just jump up the curb and it's the sort of building block of all the rest of the tricks really how do you actually do an ollie because imagine listeners you're standing on a skateboard and it's rolling along, and you want to jump and have the board follow you into the air, like literally do a jump with the board still attached to your feet, even though they're not actually attached. How on earth do you actually do it? Okay, well, if you imagine the board was just standing there on the ground, yeah, you hit the tail and it would jump in the air, wouldn't it? It would flip over, right? It if would you, flip if up, you, wouldn't it? It would it, flip up vertically in the air. Yes. When you stamp on the tail. So basically, you're doing that while you're standing on it. So you're... So unweighting all your balance yeah. for a second and whacking it onto the back foot mm-hmm. while at the same time jumping in the air with your front foot. Okay. And then as soon as that back foot has hit the ground, you're jumping as well with the back foot. Yeah. And then you level out and the board should kind of rise with your back foot yeah. and be controlled by the front foot. Yeah. And then you land. It's really hard to learn how to do it. I mean, the way to learn is, first of all, you try ollieing over like a stripe on the ground. Yes. Like a road marking or something. Yeah. Or just something of a flat and yeah. learn and then maybe Ollie over a pencil or a twig. Yeah. You know, a stick on the ground. Yeah. And you have to be going fairly fast. You shouldn't be doing it on the static. 
Yeah. You should be moving forward. Right. Um, and then when you're getting a bit better, then you ollie up a tiny little crack. And then eventually you build your way up to a curb. And like ollieing over a Coke can. <clears throat> yeah, that's a big move. You did that, didn't you? Yeah. You got that good. Yeah, yeah. You, you put a Coke can on the ground and you learn to ollie over First it. First of all, you ollie it sideways. And you're like, yeah, I made it. Now I'll try and ollie it, you know, the proper way up. And you build up until you can ollie over a little bench. Then you can ollie up a wall. And yeah, then you start doing it faster. And then you start doing it on ramps. Okay. And it can really open up a lot of possibilities man and then you move into sort of moving the board around under your feet so flipping it uh, around in different ways kick flip what's what's that that's where you do an ollie but you actually keep that front foot you give the front foot a flick on the way up and it just catches the nose of the board and flips it as it's jumping up mm -hmm. and then you land on the board and land on the ground so you jump into the air the board spins there's not really much time not much point describing these I don't know well you say that but the reason I'm asking you is because I want to hear all the technical yeah, language that you use to describe the movement of the okay, board flip pop catch pop is when you do an ollie and you sort of give it some pop yeah some force okay flick is the, what you'd front foot do. there's not much technical language really alright well f fine let's just abandon that yeah. Abandoned the bit about technical stuff. All right, then fine, good. Do you have anything else to add about skateboarding then? Weren't there any more questions that you had? Um, I don't know. You were going to ask about... Um, I'm sure there were some other questions. Um, I, that's it. I mean, what makes a good skater? How do you know when someone has skated yeah, you, well? Let's say if you're... We've done, we've done it all. We haven't done which countries do you think are going to be... Which yet? countries do, do you think will be good at the Olympics in skating? We, we started talking about that and you said it's about... Companies, not well, countries. Well, yeah, but it will be under the Olympics. It will yes. be by countries. So, so which I countries will be good? USA yeah. is probably... that. You know, they invented skateboarding. Yeah. They've got the most skaters there that are well-known. Mm -hmm. um, but Brazil... Brazil, very yeah. Very good Brazilian skateboarding. Yeah. They've got a lot of concrete parks out there. A lot of... Uh, they've been going for quite a long time. But I think a guy called Bob Bernquist, he's like world number two or something. Mm-hmm. Um, on vert um, he's Brazilian there's this girl called Letitia Buffoni I think she's Brazilian I think and she's like one of the best girl skateboarders and there's loads of others that are like barely known from Brazil that are rippers complete rippers I think Portuguese are pretty good yeah um, wouldn't surprise me if you saw some of them uh, there's some of the the Brits are pretty good yeah, there's a couple of there's, there's a guy called Andy Scott and there's a guy called oh Christ what's his name I can't remember okay I'm not really very good on vert no you're more of a street skating kind of guy a bit okay um, all right so we we could see maybe you know North America uh, Brazil Portugal Europe and the UK UK um, Japan are they any good I bet they got some good skaters they are good they've got some good skaters for sure I. Don't know if they're like world beatingly good. Yeah. Um, Do you know if they skate in Russia? Yeah, they skate everywhere. I mean, China. Yeah. I know you've got a lot of listeners in China. There, a lot of skate teams have started going there now because their architecture in China is ridiculous. Lots of marble really? structures. But the thing is, China's obviously not really used to having these American punks skating all over their land. Right. So you get a lot of security guards. Mm. And there's a bit of a culture clash there with the Americans. You know what Americans are like. Right. And uh, Come on, man. We're just skating. Hey, we're just skating, man. That's your problem. 
yeah. and you feel like saying, mm, you might get arrested if you carry on like that, mate. Mm. Um, so that's an interesting one. You should see if any of your Chinese listeners are uh, skaters. Yeah, well, I'd like to know from all of my audience um, to what extent you're up for, like, how much are you into skating? Like, for example, some of you out there might be skaters listening to this. And so let us know where you are. What's the skate scene like in your country? Yeah, definitely. Is it is it popular where you live? Um, and do you get grief for skating? Yeah. What? How do people in society feel about skating? Is it an antisocial thing or what? And uh, what do you think about the Olympic Games and skateboarding? And in fact, any other sports that might be um, coming up as well. I mean, there are various other sports that uh, probably are going to be introduced. I can't think oh, of I any can't right remember. now. But there is, are sp- is BMX... BMXing, I'm not sure, possibly. Um, so know. we'll see. But anyway, I invite my listeners to get in touch and just to let us know. I hope that everyone has found this to be interesting. Do you think so? Do you think they have? Of course they have. You have to try and be positive. It's a glass half empty or glass half full situation, isn't it? There's lots of other things we could talk about happily. Like about what? skateboarding. Really? About the photography, the magazines. I mean, there's so much that goes with it. Yeah. And there's lots of skaters that make music. There's lots of band guys that skate. Um, lots of famous people skate. For example? Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney skates. <laughs> he a used great, to. He's really great at skateboard. I've seen pictures of him on a skateboard. Um, really, Paul? I've seen pictures of John Lennon on a skateboard. Really? Flicking the Vs. Really? Um, Flicking the Vs? Putting your fingers up? Yeah. In an insulting gesture. Yeah. Um, in, in a British insult. Jason Lee, the famous actor and Scientologist, is a uh, ex-pro skateboarder. Right. Yeah. Um, used to run his own company, owner of some of the best 360 flips in the biz. And the, what about the guys from Jackass? Weren't they skaters? Some of them were. Bam Margera yeah. is uh, a pro skater, or used Tommy, to be. Tommy Knoxville was a skater. No, he never skated. Okay. No, he was Johnny just some, some weird guy. Yeah. But... Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Spike Johns, the, the dir- famous director. He directed She. He directed no, it's Her, isn't it? Her, sorry. Her, yeah. And a lot she. of pop videos. He's a skater. Yeah. And he used to hang out with a lot. Of, he got his first break as a skate photographer. Right. A lot of those old Transworld magazines I used to get had Spike Johns photography in them. Right, right. And he filmed parts of video days which is like the citizen cane of skate videos we'll really? post this we'll post this underneath video days yeah um you know jonas hill jonah hill jonah hill he's a skater the, the comedian <laughs> yeah is he a skater <laughs> well he wants to be yeah he is i've seen interviews with him when he talks about his favorite skate videos really and he, re- he really knows exactly what he's talking about that's brilliant yeah he knows skating really well okay that's great so there's lot there's lots of famous skeeters there's a whole world in skateboarding for people to discover if they want to. They um, should, yeah, if you yeah. want to look into it more, go to, I think the best place to look at videos is the Thr- uh, Thrasher website. Thrasher.com, probably. Yep. Thrashermagazine.com, I think. Okay. All right. Then. Um, and apart from that, look at some of the skate videos below and uh, don't buy a longboard. <laughs> or a hoverboard or a segway but did we cover the longboards thing already um basically I, don't buy a longboard buy a normal size skateboard i think that we did talk about longboards before the batteries ran out before okay. yeah I well think... i just want to make that absolutely clear <laughs> <laughs> all right uh thanks for talking and if anyone wants to send me some free skate stuff any companies out there hey send it to luke and luke can send it on to me yeah or i might just keep it um thanks for talking to me about skateboarding how do you feel being on my podcast fine when we're talking about neutral things like this i'm fine i just don't like um 
being asked my expert opinion on something I don't know what the feck I'm on about. Yeah, but you know, uh, the amount of comments I receive from listeners saying we don't care. We, we're yeah, not but ask- I care. We're I not, don't want to be yeah, in a position where I'm... For, we're not asking for an expert opinion. That's the point. Yeah, but it's not whether they want it or not. It's whether I want to say it or not. Yeah, I know. But the question is just simply, what did you think about the London riots? Well, I and don't you, you flipping don't know to... what to think. Well, that's it. That's, anyway, let's that's... can we delete this bit? No. We're going back over stuff. That's though. your opinion. You're not being asked as an expert. You're just All you need to say oh, is, well, I don't know. It's, it's quite just... aggressive, isn't he? I'm, don't say that. I'm not being aggressive. I'm just trying <laughs> to get a point across to you. Okay, don't worry. Right, don't we'll worry. edit this bit out now. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. Um, all right, well... Well, let's wrap it up and do another closing bit then. Okay, all right. Thanks for talking to me. Okay. I could I could carry on saying more. I mean, you could ask me where I see the skate scene going. No, I think we've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, really we'll spend the next you, 20 I, minutes. I really think you need to stop coming on my podcast. I mean, you're just like constantly on at me, like constantly on at me going can i be on your podcast can i be on your podcast he's horrible isn't no, he? i'm just joking all right let's mean. let's start this bit again then all right. <laughs> again, again yeah so thanks for talking to me about skateboarding thanks very you're much you're welcome um and uh are you happy being on my podcast yeah i am yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. why is there any doubt it's just quite weird thinking you're going to be listened to by thousands of people really yes that is weird yeah i suppose it is a bit what do you think they're doing with the information? Hopefully just learning to speak English and making the world a, a nicer place. That's the idea, yeah. That's the whole project. Just ch- chill out, everyone, yeah? yeah? Seriously. Everyone's a bit stressed. Everyone's a bit edgy. Just yeah. chill out. Just chill. Take it easy. Out. Take a deep breath take and a, relax. Take another deep breath. Everything's going to be all right. Well, it's not. But it's, No, it's all going to be fine <laughs> in the end. Yeah. Well, in the end, when the sun crashes into uh, the earth. The sun's not going to crash. No, the earth crashes into the sun. Is the earth going to crash into the yeah, sun? Yeah. No, it's Eventually, not, no. it's going to be pulled into the earth just about the same time as the sun dies. Really? Yeah. But we're not we're not slowly being dragged towards the sun. Very, very... Eventually, the sun will go into a supernova or whatever. Right. And, and then it, it'll absorb the rest the of the solar system. The sun will eventually explode, yeah. turning into a black hole, right? And I think, according to Brian Cox, another um, galaxy going to hit ours anyway at that we're going to be sort of because the universe is basically all spinning around all the time right there's another galaxy going to collide with us yeah wonderful i also saw something about uh an asteroid that's going to hit the earth potentially in a few years it's got to happen sooner or later yeah i mean statistically there's a lot of asteroids and only a limited amount of space and you know if you have to go that's pretty crazy way to go isn't it imagine standing there on the top of a hill just as this massive planet-sized object crashes into the Earth. Imagine. A bit like Star Wars. It really would, wouldn't we it? We could talk about the new Star Wars now. Would you like to? Maybe not on this episode. We'd no, have we've, cup of tea we've, we've, done, we've done that. We've done the skateboarding episode. All right, let's call it a day. All right. <laughs> Do you like I like the, uh, the sort of uh, downbeat ending. Oh, all right, let's call it a day. <laughs> oh, God. We have to be more positive at the end. You know, okay, well, go out, get a ski board, and get gnarly. Okay, all right. Thanks, everyone. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. And party take, on. Take it easy. See ya. Bye. 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 
So that was quite an in-depth conversation about skateboarding with James there. I hope that, first of all, you enjoyed just sort of hanging around with us on the podcast and spending a bit of time in our company and listening to our conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And secondly, I hope that you feel that you've learned a few things about skateboarding, not just the language that we use to talk about skateboarding, but also things like the culture of the sport and kind of the different types of skateboarding that there are. Um, As I said before, I'm interested in hearing from you. So if you, for example, have got some things to say about skateboarding, uh, we want to know about the skating scene in your country and also what you think of skateboarding as an Olympic event. Um, what do you think about that whole thing? Do you think it's kind of uh, good for the Olympics? Do you think it's good for skateboarding? Do you think it's good for society in general that uh, uh, a new sport like that has been introduced? Um, let us know. Uh, let us know what it's like from your point of view in your part of the world. You should also check out the page for this episode because there you will find a glossary of skateboarding vocabulary where you can kind of learn all the specific terms relating to skateboarding. And also you can see a selection of videos chosen by James which will show, which will show you the different types of skating and some of his favourite skaters and videos. Now I'm sure that you've seen skateboarding before. Some of you might be skaters in fact. Uh, But in any case, um, do have a look at those videos because James has sort of chosen them and uh, there is just some really cool moments of skateboarding and some clips from some of the great like skate videos that have been published in the past and stuff like that. Have a look at people skating. It's really cool to watch. It's amazing. It's skillful and it's just really stylish as well. If you did enjoy spending some time with James and me and you'd like to listen to some more, then uh, keep listening because I'm now going to play you the outtake of uh, what we said before uh, the subject of skateboarding came up. And basically, this is us talking about biscuits. I think that's pretty much it. We're talking about biscuits because um, during the recording of the conversation, we were sitting there in James's flat um, and we had cups of tea on the table and also a packet of McVitie's chocolate digestives, the best biscuits in the world. They are the best biscuits in the world, all right? Don't try and tell me that they're not. I know there's no actual evidence uh, to back up that claim, but it's a fact, okay? Just accept it. All right, McVitie's uh, chocolate digestives, best biscuits ever. Uh, anyway, we had a packet of these biscuits on the table and we'd sort of eaten a few biscuits and drunk some of our tea before we started and the biscuits remained open on the table and to be honest, I don't know quite how we managed to avoid the temptation of taking another biscuit during the recording. I think that just shows our commitment to the podcast that we had the option of taking a biscuit and eating it and we didn't. Because obviously it's rude to talk with your mouth full. So, you know, that just shows, doesn't it, just how committed we are to podcasting, that we will choose podcasting over biscuits. Mm? Um, So anyway, here now is a section uh, recorded before the skateboarding bit about uh, the biscuits that we had on the table, basically, including things like, you know, whether they're healthy or not, and the ingredients the ingredients on the packet of biscuits. James, uh, I think, thought that this was not worth uh, publishing. But, you know, I'll publish I'll publish anything, really, because I think that uh, there is value in some of the uh, more unexpected stuff, like the little kind of um, 
everyday moments or the little kind of stupid uh, bits of chat that people have. Uh, this is the kind of English that you don't learn from textbooks. Um, so that's why I'm presenting it to you on the podcast. All right, I'm now going to stop talking and I'll let you listen to James and me rambling on about biscuits for a few minutes. Uh, and then it will be the end of the episode. All right, then. So here is the biscuit bit. All right. So hello, James. How are hello. you? Hello. I'm are you? fine, thanks. Good, good, good. What's the scenario that we're in at this point? Can you describe the scene? I'm sitting in my flat um, with the window open and the curtains drawn open. Mm-hmm. And it's a sunny day. The sun is streaming into this tiny little flat. It's you a- can hear some sirens in the background. Yeah. Um, Those are the sounds of South London. We've been for a walk around the park. I made you a cheese om- omelette. It was good. Not in the park. No, before we went to the park with salad. Uh, we went for a walk, uh, bought some ingredients for later and some wine. Some wine for cooking and uh, for drinking a little bit. Well, hopefully we won't cook it all. We won't cook it all, but it's cook- <laughs> the, the wine will be used in the cooking. Okay. Um, and uh, we've just had cups of tea and some uh, McVitie's chocolate digestive mm. biscuits. They are the best biscuits in the world. They're English, but they're good. That's those biscuits. Oh, really? That's the ad campaign in France? Yeah, the ad campaign for these biscuits in France is uh, McVitie's Digestives. They're English, but they're good. The bloody nerve. Honestly, the cheek. The eh? cheek of it. They are are the best biscuits in the world, though, aren't they? Mm. Come on. They're the best, like, standard biscuit in the world, I'd say. The best kind of off-the-shelf, your standard biscuit biscuit. Supermarket, sort of corner shop kind Any of... Any shop will have them. Yeah. And they're a quid. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Well, then they are in this shop. Okay. Is there another biscuit that you can think of that you would choose over that if you could have access to all biscuits? Well, maybe like some sort of homemade biscuits with sort of white chocolate in them or something and fudge or something like that. You know, really classy, expensive, handmade biscuits might, might be better. Mm-hmm. But for your bog standard, off-the-peg biscuit, it's very hard to beat. That's right. Yeah, I love the name as well. Digestive biscuits. You will be able to digest them. It's like, it's sort of in a way, they're good for you, in a way. They're for your digestion. They're not just a, a treat. They're a part of your diet. <laughs> How is all that chocolate sort of part of my digestion? I think the digestive bit is the fact they're made of wheat. Okay. So they're, they're good for you, basically. They have wheat fiber. and a little bit of sugar. They've got fibre in them. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Okay, so it's healthy to eat. Massively. Don't just just don't check the ingredients because I think mm. it's mainly sugar and salt and chocolate and yeah and things and, like that. Uh, fats, various fatty acids. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> fatty acids. What are fatty acids? Didn't realise an acid could be fat. Mm, weird, strange, isn't it? I don't really understand all of that stuff. Whey protein, I'm sure, makes an appearance. Whey powder. Whey powder. It's always whey powder. Shall I? Oh, you know what? I'm going to read the ingredients. Oh, God, this I'm is doing it. Sinking to a new low. No, it's not. The ingredients for. Uh, these McVitie's dark chocolate digestives, which are described here as wheat meal biscuits covered in dark chocolate. Uh, th- uh, flour is the first ingredient. There's 90, 39% flour. Nothing wrong with that. Wheat flour, calcium, iron, niacin, and thiamine, followed by plain chocolate, 30%, which is a, a mix of sugar. Don't read out the ingredients on the back of biscuits. All right. Well... Actually, I think you'll find that many people were engrossed by this, even though this is supposed to be about skateboarding. So I'm probably going to cut it all out. Let's move on. Let's just get... What's the nasty stuff? Is there anything bad in there? There must be some evil ingredients. It's it's here. Salt and malic acid. Malic acid. (laughs) 
I don't even. I've never heard of malic acid before. Come on, let's let's get on with it. Okay, right. So we're going to talk about skateboarding. Can I do my introduction? Oh, I didn't know you were going to do an introduction. Yeah, so it's just like one, go it's and just, go no, for no, a walk or something. No, it's just one. It's literally one paragraph of about okay. two sentences. Okay, go so, for it. I'll try and stay awake. Okay, this really is the end of the episode now. Thank you very much for listening all the way to the end of the episode. You are a wonderful person. I mean, I say you're a wonderful person. That You didn't really have to do that much, did you? I mean, you, all you needed to do was nothing. You just press play and just don't do anything else after that. Like, just stay there. <laughs> but anyway, you're still a wonderful person. Does that make you feel good? I hope so. Congratulations. Give yourself a little pat on the back. I say, I suppose it's necessary or helpful for me to say well done to you, even if it does sound a bit patronising when I think about it. Maybe it's helpful for me to say that. Well done. Give yourself a pat on the, pat on the back for getting all the way to the end of the episode because I, I know what it's like when you're, you know, when you're listening to uh, a language that's not your native language. Especially when my episodes are quite long, which I've talked about before and we know the benefits and all that. But I think it's nice to get a little kind of boost, isn't it, at the end? Even if I'm being a bit kind of ironic and sort of patronising. Anyway, I hope that uh, you I hope you're doing all right. That's basically what I'm trying to say. I've just realised that we actually recorded this skateboarding episode uh, before we recorded the Star Wars one. Uh, so this is like a prequel, which I think is appropriate be- considering the way in which the Star Wars universe works, because they can't count, you know, because, you know, count from one to ten uh, in in the Star Wars universe. It goes four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, three point five, eight, nine. And then it doesn't even get to ten. That's how you count from zero to ten in Star Wars land in a galaxy far, far away. Um, so anyway, just a, just a little fun fact there. This one was actually recorded before the uh, Star Wars Rogue One episode. Um, and in fact, recorded earlier in the day, which I don't know if you noticed that based on the, the speed at which it took my brother to respond to my questions. In this episode, he's a little bit quicker than in the episode about Star Wars, which was uh, recorded after we'd had that lovely uh, dinner that we mentioned there involving the wine. Anyway, I'm obviously I'm rambling now, just rambling on. Um, so I think this is probably a good uh, place to stop, isn't it? Yes. Okay, I will then. And there will be more stuff heading in your direction through the, your headphones or speakers or whatever soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humor and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.